0: I promise the Lord never again. But I also know that you know what a weak world person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. Hello, and welcome back to the Tread Weary Podcast. I am your host, Pastor Carlton Smee, and it is a wonderful chance for us to gather together here for our last episode of 2020. It's taken us a little over a year to get through John, and we have done it. Those of you who have been with me through this, we've been taking a look at the Gospel of John through the lens of worship and specifically looking at how we are such bad worshipers. And yet God is such a good God. And, and that's basically the the gospel in a nutshell, that, that we are bad and he's good, and he does all things for us. He He gives to us of himself. And so we give him thanks, and we are supposed to give him thanks at all times because of that. Well, today we're going to be finishing up the last part of John 21, from verses 15 to the end. We've done it. We've made it. And so we're going to be hearing about a beach and some fish and some food and uh, love and all those things to be able to to see how how Jesus is is dealing with his disciples here before he ascends to the right hand of the Father. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn with me to John chapter twenty-one, and we'll begin, like I said, at verse fifteen. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. A second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. Truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you would tie your belt and and walk wherever you wanted, but when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will tie you and carry you where you don't want to go. He said this to indicate what kind of death Peter would glorify God After saying this, he told him, follow me. So Peter turned around and saw the disciple Jesus loved following them, the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper, and asked, Lord, who is the one that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? If I want him to remain until I come, Jesus answered, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So this rumor spread to the brothers and sisters that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not tell him that he would not die, but if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if every one of them were written down, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God and let us pray. Gracious God, open up your word to us that we might know you, that we might follow you, that we might love you. In your name we pray, amen. Well, here we have Jesus. He's just gotten done showcasing himself to the disciples and they sit to eat and it says that they had breakfast together. That they ate together. Here, Jesus was very much about food with his people. The amount of times that we see him eating, he he enjoyed a, a good meal, and and it says that that he he breaks the bread and and he feeds all of all of the disciples. That he already had fish prepared, and and all of the disciples includes Peter, the one who denied him, who basically said that no, he's dead to me, and. He breaks the fast with them, that you know, breakfast being this this breaking of the fast of the night, and and these guys had been fishing all night, so they should have been rather hungry. So they get done with the meal, and Jesus asks Simon Peter a question. He says, "Simon, son of John, or son of Jonah, do you love me more than these?" Notice first that. Out of all the times in John, this is the first time where he doesn't say Simon Peter. He doesn't call him Peter or Simon Peter. He calls him Simon, where where John uses Simon Peter uh, more often than not. And in some ways, this is a way for Jesus to, to remind Peter of his old Adam, of his old self, the self that uh, existed before Christ came, the Simon self. And the Peter self is the new self, the, the one that gives. That Christ is making Peter, gifting to, to Peter, and here he's basically calling to the sinner side of Peter, the, the, the one who promised much much of, of, of who he was to Christ, that he would follow him wherever he goes and, and willing to die for him and all these things, and that he failed. The, the old man failed. The one who promised that, oh, I'm gonna do everything for you, Jesus. And yet he failed. And and the word that that Christ uses for love here is the the agape love, the agapon love, the, the deciding love. We we always want to sit here and we want to say, oh, that's the that's the love without limits. Oh, that's the the un, unconditional love. Where, where you love somebody, they can do anything to you, and you love them. No, that's not what this word means. This is a love of decision. This is a love that lies within reason, that lies within intelligence. It means that you love the unlovable. That's, that's what this love is for. Because we can love a lot of people as our friends, our spouses, our children, and they can really tick us off and make it very hard for us to love them. But we can love them with with the love of desire, eros, the, the love of friendship or or, or affection, uh, the the uh, filial love. Um, but here he says, "Do you do you agape me? Have 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 you decided that you love me?" And the interesting thing is that Peter answers, "Yes, Lord. You know that I have affection for you." He doesn't use agape; he uses the the feline the, the love of personal affection the the basically equivalent to I like you a lot the there's no real intelligence here it's it's basically friendship and and notice first this first time that he asks him because he asks him this question three times he says do you love me more than these and we've had some idiot theologians who wanted to say that he was pointing to all his fishing gear. Are you willing to leave this life behind, all of this stuff? And that's not what he's talking about. He's saying, do you love me more than these other disciples love me? Do you love me that much? Is is, is your deciding love, your, your love of reason, you're your going to love me regardless of what I say or do love, is that more than these other disciples? And here, Peter says, oh yeah, you know that I have affection for you. You know that I like you. I, I liked your, your latest post on Instagram, Jesus. You know you know that we're friends. Because Peter had declared his loyalty more than all the others earlier. It was back in Matthew 26 that that though all of these other ones fall away i'm not going to fall away he says even if even if all of these other dudes abandon you i won't abandon you and so jesus asks him this first time do you agape me more than all these others and peter says oh yeah i'm i'm your buddy i'm your buddy and and Basically saying, yeah, of course, I have affection for you. You're a good dude. You're feeding me with some fish and some bread. Yeah, this is is good. And then he says, feed my lambs. Telling him to, to continue to feed them. Keep them in pasture. Teach them to to observe all I have commanded you as we're told in Matthew twenty-eight. It becomes this the first it becomes this humbling thing when he asks him about love and he says, you know what, Jesus, my my love for you, I don't think I can bring it to that that extent of agape. So I'm just gonna tell you I like you. I have affection for you. In some ways Maybe he, he's misunderstanding Jesus, but in other ways, maybe he's saying, I'm not going to go out on that limb again. But then Jesus gives him a job and says, feed my lambs, feed my young ones, pasture them, teach them, care for them. Reminds me of what, what Paul writes to, to Timothy back in his, one of his letters to, to, uh, to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, you've probably heard it a million times, but he says, I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus, who's going to judge the living and the dead and because of his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, rebuke, correct and encourage with great patience and teaching for the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. This calling for, for Peter, for, for most pastors, and I think for most people in the church, this, this calling to feed the lambs. This isn't just about soup kitchens. This is about keeping people within the teaching of Christ, building up their faith, guarding them, handing them over to Jesus. Because then he asks him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? He says. Do you love me? He doesn't say more than these. He's just wanting to dig a little bit deeper and say, "Well, come on, do you do you agape me? Do you love me from a decision standpoint, not from a, a an emotional standpoint, but from an intelligence standpoint. Do you love me do you, do you, just period there's there's no more than these qualifier, and of course. Peter answers the second time, exactly like he did the first. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he says, shepherd my sheep. Shepherd my sheep. The, the first time is this calling for the young ones, the little ones, the ones that need to be bottle fed, the ones that we fall in love with, that we care about because they come become personal for us. Feed them, care for them tenderly in that way. The second one, this, these, these sheep here, these, these are the older sheep. These are the mutton sheep. These are the scraggly sheep. These are the ones who've maybe been around for a while saying, shepherd them, guide them, lead them, because they're going to get stubborn, right? Many of us who have been in the church for a long time get a little stubborn. We want things our way. And we realize that we need our pastor to be there. And I'm not speaking just as a pastor, because as pastors, we need pastors too, to shepherd us, to guide us, to lead us, to make us to lie down in green pastures, because sometimes we don't want to. And so he's saying, you know, well, shepherd my sheep. My entire flock needs care. Shepherd them, lead them, guide them, oversee them. Then he asks them the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And this time he he goes for the, the affection love. He changes it from agape to philo. Do you have affection for me? Do you truly care about me? Your decisions have not been the best, basically, he's saying to Peter. Do you, do you adore me? It makes me think of, oh, come all ye faithful, right? Oh, come let us adore him. That's one of those those big things that I always want to ask my churches. Do you, when we sing that song here at Christmas, do you actually adore Christ? Do you actually desire him? Do you actually want to see him? Do you actually yearn for him to come again? Ask him, Do you love me? And and Peter gets upset and gets a little bothered by it. And and he says, Well, yeah, you, you know everything. You're God, after all. You know all things. You know I'm a sinner. You know personally whether I love you or not. You tell me. And then he says, Feed my sheep again. And there's some textual variance here. Well, some of it uh, Will just repeats sheep, um, but from from the second time he asks, but others of it actually says this deer sheep is is teenage sheep that there's there's different kinds of sheep right that and in the Greek there would be the young little lambs and then there'd be the old farts and then the teenagers. And he's and he's saying again, feed my sheep, care for them, nurse them and you need to. And then he gives him this wonderful warning, right? Saying, you know, right now you're walking around, you're, you're putting on your own clothes. You're going where you want to go. Well, someday soon when you grow old, someone else is going to lead you. Someone else is going to bind you and they're going to take you somewhere where you don't want to go. And it said that this is to, to reference the death. He's going to die saying, Peter, you're going to die and it's not going to be fun becomes almost a reminder for us, especially in, in 2020, as we've had our mortality placed in front of us every day, all day, because we have the numbers, we have the statistics given to us of, of this, this virus, basically telling us that there are things out there that want to kill us, that everything is not hunky-dory. And maybe this is the message from God that we need to take from, from 2020, is that we're someone, too, that is going to die And yet here, Jesus is telling Peter, it's not going to be fun for you. You're going to die for me. Follow me to the cross, Peter. Beloved, is that a call from God on you as well? Does that mean that, that Christ could be speaking to you now, to me, saying, things might not go well for us in this life, and we have to hold to Christ. We have to be fed, nourished, nurtured pastured, cared for, following Christ, because following Christ can lead to death, not only figuratively or spiritually, but physically maybe. Because there are people all over the world who die for the faith every day. Hundreds of thousands every year die as persecuted Christians. Could that be you? Could that be me? And so, I'll leave it to Peter, being Peter, Simon, whatever name you want to give him. Right now, it's just Peter. He turns around, he sees John. This is the one who, who had, had laid against Jesus and, and had uh, asked him, you know, who's, who's the one that's going to betray you? And luckily, didn't say Peter, even though Peter basically does. Well, Peter's like, whoa, 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 Jesus. You're telling me that I'm going to die. Well, how about this dude here, my, my competitor? Uh, the one that we keep fighting uh, for who's going to be in first place on the team here. And Jesus says, so you know what? If I want him to remain until I come again, what business is that of yours? That's not That's not your problem. You don't worry about that. That's between me and him. You just follow me. You do what I say. You come after me. And whatever happens, happens. But you don't worry about John. How often it is, church, that we turn our eyes towards other things. We turn our eyes towards Christians, and we make our decisions about Christ and about the church based off of other Christians who may not be very Christ-like. Well, this is for, for those of you who sit here and say, well, I don't like the church because of hypocrites. Well, the world's full of hypocrites. All you have to do is read the news and you see the number of, of politicians who tell us, Okay, now don't go out, don't go anywhere. You're not allowed to travel. You stay home, stay put, don't work, go go into debt and 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 do as we say. And then we find out that we're not supposed to do as they do, because we find out they're going out and getting special treatments for, for their hair, or or going on vacations to Mexico or or wherever and yet telling us to hunker down. Well, the world's full of hypocrites. People telling us to do one thing and we do, and, and they do another. And we look at the church and we see that too. Well, the church is full of sinners. The church is full of mortals. The church is full of people who sin, often against one another. And we have to be prepared to realize that we're joining the company of sinners, but also saints Sinners who have been redeemed, who have been given grace and mercy in Christ, who will be raised on the last day. And here it, it says that a rumor spread that John was going to live forever, <laughs> you know, until Jesus comes back. Well, rumors spread in the church too, but but that's podcast for another day. But here it's basically saying, no, we're, we're not supposed to be worrying about, you know, well... What special promises did Jesus give to that guy? I want those promises. What about them? What about him? Blah, 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 blah. No. Christ is speaking to you today, saying, do you love me? Follow me. Come after me. Don't worry about Jane or Joe or Jesus down the street or whoever. Worry about Jesus, the one speaking to you in his gospel now asking, do you love me, and saying, feed my sheep, and saying, follow me, this call to you. Well, the gospel ends with the epilogue. This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true, basically saying that this is about, you know, this is John, saying that he's testifying to the certainty of these things of Christ, and then saying there could have been so much more written about Jesus. And there wouldn't be enough books written. There's so much more to this Jesus, church. We often paint him with a picture of whatever kind of Jesus we want him to be. But more often than not, we need the Jesus that we need. And the Jesus we need right now is the Christmas Jesus, the one who comes to us and gives of himself, saying, I love you before you love me. I came to you before you've ever come to me. And I followed you to the ends of the earth to capture you as mine. Beloved, make that yours today. Make this Christ yours because he is yours. He, he came into the world for you. He lived for you. He died for you. He was raised for you. To take away the fact that you and I more often than not live as though we don't need him. and usually tell him to go uh, jump off a bridge. Half the time. And yet we need him every hour, as the hymn tells us. Well, I pray, church, that 2021 is a blessing to you. I pray God's mercies over you. I, I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Starting in, in 2021, we're going to mix some things up a bit. I have a few ideas in mind of what we're going to do here with the podcast, we're hoping to open it up a little bit. Um, a few different options, maybe some guests, I don't know, we'll have to wait and see. But otherwise, till I see you again after the new year, go with the blessings of God upon you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.